We are back live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast, at Morning to Morning on iHeartRadio today. Also, AMFF247.com. You can get more information on our website at JiggyJaguar.com. And we have got a great guest with us today, the fantastic, phenomenal, I can't say enough words with the letter F in them about Jane Marla Robbins. She is the actress. She is the author. She is a poet. And she is tremendous. And uh, I was chatting with our mutual friend, Mr. Erwin Zucker, today about you. And he's like, she's just got so much stuff. She's just so phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Erwin, you gotta calm down, brother. <laughs> she no, has don't calm down. <laughs> That's right. Shout it from the rooftops. And uh, she has scored points with her big seller, Acting Techniques for Everyday Life, How to Look and Feel Self-Confident in Difficult Real-Life Situations. She has a current best-selling book, and it's so timely, Poems of COVID-19, Subtitled Stuck in Lockdown the First Three Months. And Jane Marla Robbins joins us today here via the power of the telephone. And uh, Jane, I have I, I definitely have to chat with you about something that I seen a few weeks ago. And I I am just starting to I guess understand that this is that more people are doing this, but um you have this book, Acting Techniques for Everyday Life. Um, one of the things that I was astounded by a few weeks ago is uh, pro wrestler Chris Jericho was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, program that he does for the WWE Network, or I guess if you want to refer to it now as the cock, he's on Peacock, uh, the NBC streaming service. And Jericho was talking about how he has become a better professional wrestler and a better promo guy and a better storyteller by learning acting techniques. Uh, this blew me away. Talk to me a little bit about learning acting techniques to be able to go into other facets of life and uh, all, all the different things that surround it. Okay, here goes. Basically, <laughs> people come to me and, and, and pick up my book because they have stage fright in life. Yes. And that's, that's just fear. We all have fear. And the amazing thing about these techniques is they take you from fear into ease and joy. Okay, so it doesn't matter if you've had post-traumatic stress or just knowing that people are more scared of public speaking than of death. <laughs> Okay, so here are two techniques off the top of my head. I'm going to talk about something called sense memory, which you can try with me, and I'll take you through, take you through a very quick exercise. Please imagine you have a lemon wedge in front of you, and what you're doing is smelling it, feeling it in your hands, the nubby, nubby, nubby uh, skin of the lemon, and also you can see how bright it is, and you're bringing that translucent skin up to your mouth. You can smell it now. And now please bite everybody into that lemon wedge. Okay, anybody salivating? Yeah, 999 people out of 1,000 are salivating. Why this is important, because it certainly sounds silly, because it's not something you really need when you're about to speak in front of 2,500 people, which I did at Lincoln Center. Okay, salivating is not 
not the kind of physical response you can achieve by saying, salivate. What you need, you have to trick the unconscious and all of your body neurotransmitters into thinking sensorily. So because you were smelling or looking at or tasting the lemon, that automatic physical response occurred. So, by the same token, say you are in front of 2,500 people at Lincoln Center. What did I use? I was terrified. Of course I was. Well, sensory work. On the very back of the Lincoln Center Theater, I put a tree, my favorite tree from Topanga. Yeah, I was in New York. But I could see the tree, and that tree has always made me so happy and always made me feel so safe that all I had to do was look at that tree from time to time, and I would relax, which is a big key. I mean, the, the father of modern acting used to go to all the genius actors at the turn of the last century to see what trick they all understood, and it was relaxation. So, obviously, if you're relaxed, you're open, you can receive whatever brilliant ideas are coming to you if you have to speak extemporaneously. Um, I was using a script, and still it was terrifying. Okay, I'll give you two more examples um, of, of sensory things that have helped people I know. And, okay, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was in London. Sir Lawrence Olivier was directing her in a film, and she was terrified of him. I mean, he was considered the greatest actor of the century, and English besides. Okay, so she froze. She had her acting coach with her. And here are the sensory directions that Paula Strasberg gave Marilyn Monroe. She said, imagine you're drinking Coca-Cola, Marilyn. She had a voice like that, by the way. So... What did Marilyn do? Taste the Coca-Cola? Feel the fizz up her nose? Also, in case that wasn't enough, Paula recommended she think of Frankie Sinatra, whom she was dating at the time. Now, I don't know if she picked a sensual detail, a sexual detail. I don't know what she chose. But you should see her in that opening scene. She sizzles. She's full of sexual energy and joy, which she got from those two sensory commands that she gave herself, and nobody knew what she was using. That, that, that begins to answer your question. That is, we don't have that, three hours here, so you just Yes, yes. You, you, are, you are fantastic. It is a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Jane Marla Robbins is with us. And uh, fairly recently, they had the Oscars uh, out there. And uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, with all the criteria and all the different things that that you just ran through as far as getting into uh, the the acting techniques and, and some of the different things, how did these award shows judge a lot of these performances that these actors and these actresses put together uh, because it, it, it is just amazing after listening to you run down that technique at the very beginning here, uh, I sit back and go, I don't want to be an Oscar judge now. <laughs> this, th- th- this is amazing. Uh, d- tell us a little bit about the criteria for some of these award shows, how, how, the, how they judge things. Because, like I said, the way that you ran through this, it, it's amazing. Well, it's funny you 
say that. No, I will tell you the criteria because these are the same criteria. Um, as you may or may not recall, I don't remember when we last spoke, but I've just had published my most recent book of poems, and it's called yes. Poems of COVID-19. Yes, stuck indeed. in lockdown the last, the first three months. Okay, so that came out. It's doing pretty well. But then a neighbor who's a brilliant videographer said to me, oh, Jane, I would like to video you reading or performing the poems. So here comes the stage fright. We videoed 20 poems. I was in lockdown, remember, so she was six feet away. I never moved from the house, actually outside the house, because she couldn't come in. And then we're editing the videos, and I had to say to myself, what are my criteria for saying, keep this one, throw that performance out? We had no rehearsal, James. We had no rehearsal. We had no special writing, makeup, hair, all of that, although I did... I did choose um, my own costumes, and I had a different costume for every single poem, including the poem on marriage in which I dug up my grandma's 100-year-old wedding dress from 1920. I mean, so what was I looking for? Relaxation, authenticity, the body expressing, was I moved? By the performance, did I believe the actor was speaking the truth? And again, it's about, in terms of movies, it's a character. So for my best performance criteria, here's what I say. I didn't make this up, but it's, it's a brilliant criteria. If an actor convinces you he is whoever, right? Eleanor Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. If you say, yeah, 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 that, that, I, I believe that's, she was Eleanor and he was Franklin. But in a performance where you go, oh, my God, I never thought Eleanor would have done that. But that was a brilliant choice by the actor, and it really allowed me to see into the soul of this character. That's another criterion. And, and then there's, there's, there's vocal, there's emotional, there's what the physical life is. Do they convince you that that character has that body? I could go on and on, but probably have a life <laughs> that's awesome it is jane marla robbins she's with us today here in her broadcast she joins us live coast to coast border to border on build grow and enjoy this week as well and uh so jane another thing that that people get kind of uh some of these some of these actors and actresses get stuck in various uh they they various roles various things they get typecast um how does how does someone get typecast because like for instance uh there are a lot of people that they they want to do other things uh william shatner you know was was captain kirk for a lot of people for for many years but he often you know he he didn't want to get typecast he went off and did tj hooker he went and did some of these other shows and then you have other actors, for instance, the guy who played Buck Rogers, he's never done anything but being Buck Rogers. <laughs> how, how does typecasting and, and, and some of this work, my friend? Well, I'm going to pick an example from a film I was in. I was in a film which was very low budget, and the guy who wrote it insisted on being in it, and so he was turned down by all these studios. And it was a really good script, and it ended up getting an Oscar, and the film, of course, is Rocky. 
So I'm now talking about Sylvester Stallone. After he did Rocky, he directed a film, James, uh, Paradise Alley, and I think it's a brilliant film. He's a very, very gifted genius in his own way. The direction was brilliant. Every frame was perfect. But in this case, meaning with Sly, he had a need, an internal need, to play people like Rocky. Or maybe because he had had such a success with Rocky One, as we know, we <laughs> he went on to do Rocky One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. I was in three of those. But I think it has to do with a certain need from the actor, from the performer, something he needs to express. I think Sylvester Stallone needed to feel. I'm a strong man. I'm Rambo. And then he did those Rambo films. Yeah, that's right. Totally that's brilliant. right. <laughs> but the truth is he had so many choices. He could have been a brilliant director. I think the fact that he didn't get an Oscar for his first direction, I think maybe there's a hunger for fame there. And if you keep doing the same thing and people love you for it, that feeds another need for actors, which is applause, fame, approval. Usually we didn't get it from parents, so... Anyway, those are three reasons. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I think that is amazing. We have got Jane Marla Robbins with us today. She joins us live talking a little bit about uh, just all the various projects that she's involved in and some of the different things going on. So let's talk about your poem book. We were... Um, chatting about this a couple weeks ago and you gave us a lot of great insight on this uh what what has been the reception uh to to folks that have picked this book up and have you know given you feedback whether it was you know through emails or or social media or, or even people that you know personally that have picked up the book that have just picked up the phone and called you hello Yes, I'm. I'm still here with oh, you. I'm still here with you, my friend. No, 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 no. Okay. I love. I. I can't wait to talk about this because it has been astounding to me. I basically wrote poems of COVID nineteen the first three months stuck in lockdown on a dare. A friend said you should do it. Remember, I'm an actress, so I take direction well. And I want. I don't want to do that, but I did it. I. I, I love being told what to do if it's safe. So I wrote the book. I, I really did not know, James, what I was writing. One poem is called Tantrum, Tantrum, and of course I was living alone. I was having a tantrum. I didn't want, like everybody else, I didn't want to wear a mask. I didn't want to wear gloves. I, no, nobody knew about it. So really now this book is almost an historical document of what it was like those first three months. But what's interesting is how much, now to read it, it's fascinating because we realize what has changed and what has not changed. The first response I got to my enormous surprise writing about a deadly virus, because remember, in the first three months, people were dropping like flies and in isolation, in hospitals, on ventilators, and their families couldn't visit them. Now at least the vaccine makes that a lot less possible to occur. So people wrote me, and what they were saying was, thank you, I feel so comforted. I've been in lockdown, and I've felt so alone, and now I'm not. 
And also a lot of the poems, as you may or may not recall, I mean, I have like, I probably have 50 personalities, but there's a very upbeat one. So I kind of surprised myself that some of the poems really are funny, some are upbeat, and some are serious. I had a brilliant um, acting teacher who actually told me, you should be a writer, not an actress. And um, he used to make us laugh all the time. And then he revealed that because truth is such a difficult pill to swallow, he'd get us laughing. And then when our mouths were open, he'd just pop the pill down. So the fact that so so much of the poetry makes people laugh and is serious, I think, is comforting because it's the range of emotions and realities we deal with during this difficult time. The isolation, not being able to uh, hug people, kiss people, and, and we know scientifically now, neurologically, that if we do not have human contact, which I think is worse for people living alone, I think with spouses this is not so dire, that without that eye contact and human contact, a neurotransmitter called serotonin, which is basically the the pleasure hormone, is not released. So the, the depression in our world this year has been off the charts. Suicides, need for psychological assistance, so apparently this book helped people get through it because they didn't feel alone. They imagined human contact. They were laughing, which is also something that stimulates, it both stimulates the immune system as well as releasing the pleasure hormones. Um, I could Absolute, go on, but absolutely you know, amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's 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 Jane Marla Robbins. She's with us today here on our big program. And um, so it's basically poetry therapy. Uh, it, it, it can make you comfortable, especially in these times when everybody's locked up. Um, talk to us about some of these poems that you have. In fact, if you've got a few handy there, I would love for you to read them. Okay. <clears throat> well, what about here? Here, just just um, I'll read it. If this is called "Says My Dog," I don't think I read it last time, but I do have a dog, and thank God I had a dog with me in isolation. And here's what the poem reads: It's the dog talking. Terrible, he says. It's terrible. Everybody's so unfriendly. Thinks. COVID droplets could be on my beautiful curly coat. They're being careful. They don't want to die. I I don't want my mistress to die. She feeds me, tells me jokes, though not so many about the virus, actually none. And I'm not allowed to jump up on anybody or sit in anybody's lap but hers. People say these viruses come from bats, pigs, fish. Gives animals a bad name. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this sheltering. My mistress is antsy at home, crazy, frustrated, lonely, furious, in denial, eating too much. Really, it's not as much fun as before. Oh, 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 I put up a good front. It's my job. Actually, it's my nature. Smiling, licking, wagging, prancing. I'm a dog. It's in my DNA to cheer her up. Except, I know, she needs people as well as me. Strange, since mainly she's enough for me. We sleep together, we run and laugh together. What more does she want, a man? 
they're not only more work, and she has enough now, taking care of me in the house and herself. Hey, watch me. I know what it's about. I have someone to love. She loves me. I sleep or walk or run. I sit in the sun. I smell the grass. I have a good time with a virus, without a virus. Really, she could learn a thing or two from me. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. It is Jane Marla Robbins. She's with us today here on Build, Grown, Enjoy, talking a little bit about her latest book about poetry. So with with poems, uh, take us through the writing of, of how you bring some of your poems to life, Jane. What, now, do you mean I bring them to life by reading them aloud or how they... Yeah, putting putting, putting them brain. from your head to the paper, my friend. Well, to be honest, I think the first um, propulsion on these poems was my friend Nicolette in New York saying, Jane, you should write a book of poems about COVID-19. And she had had COVID. And I, I don't know, it felt like a request I should honor. So knowing she was behind me, urging me on, that helped enormously. I mean, I think we all need a team. We were not meant to be alone in this life. So I had that. And then it felt like a dare. And, and there's part of me, I think it's in everybody, that... Because it feels like a dare. I mean, who wants to write a book of poems about a deadly virus, for Pete's sake? But I did. And I never knew, James, what inspiration was going to hit me. Uh, There are only 23 poems in the book. I think that's enough. But I wrote about 20 more. And I picked the best. Uh, For example, one night, and I just, I think because I knew I had this project, Everything was focused on it. I had a dream one night that I was in, in, in town, which, of course, I have not left my house on top of a mountain in 14 months. But in the dream, I was in a town, and actually, I, I, I wasn't wearing anything above the waist. And, but at the movie series I was trying to find, in a restaurant I couldn't get into, and it was so much, finally, about my state of mind during the pandemic that I wrote a poem about that. And I think that's the point, that we don't know really where inspiration comes from. Was it Nicolette saying, write the poems? Was it the dream? Was, which, 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 was it my ambition thinking, okay, I've written five books. Why, why not one more? This would be about COVID-19 and surrender. And they probably also helped, in other words, the ones that are full of hope, and I'd be happy to read one of those. Um, they probably were healing for me. And again, it's, I don't think we ever know how or where healing comes from, but it keeps us alive, obviously. I mean, and sickness, I think, takes many forms. Depression is certainly one of them. But if, uh, shall I read this one little poem? Yes, about indeed. My Go girl? ahead, my friend. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, it's called Coakley's Crayons, and here we go. The virus has kept her home, Coakley. She's six, my neighbor's little girl. Today, she visited. She found my pastel crayons. 
she did a drawing of the two of us. There's a sun in the upper left corner and in the middle, a rainbow, four times taller than me and Coakley. Coakley, who's never heard of Noah's Ark, of God giving him a a rainbow as a promise that he would never again destroy the earth. And in the drawing next to the rainbow, Coakley drew a tree thick with green leaves and green grass under it and under us and under the rainbow, the rainbow blue and red and purple and yellow and pink. This is her world, and it is ours. Absolutely amazing. It is Jane Marla Robbins. She's with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. The BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. I am so glad that we were able to chat with Jane Marla Robbins today. Jane, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, how do people get in touch with you online, get your book, and get involved in everything that you're doing? Bless your heart. Okay. Website, Jane Marla Robbins. J-A-N-E-M-A-R-L-A-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at Gmail. That's how you can... Um, at gmail.com is how you email me. com is my website. Amazon sells all five books. If you go on YouTube, you can see and hear me reading these poems. And uh, uh, you can email me if you want uh, coaching lessons with acting for to learn acting techniques to make your life more joyful. And... Um, I hope you love the books. Please let me know if you do. You have my email. You have my website. And as I say, Amazon sells them all. God bless them, and God bless you, James. Fantastic. Fantastic, my friend. Well, thank you for doing this, and we will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful day, Jane. The same to you. Be well. Appreciate it, my friend. Bye, James. There she goes, Jane Marla Robbins, and that will wrap up this edition of Build, Grow, and Enjoy. We'll see you next time.